Welcome, everybody. This is episode 122 of VR Roundtable. What is going on? We are back in the building, and I got to tell you, there is a lot of interesting stuff that is going on this week. Um, hold on, I got to mute this other show. They're going to confuse me. Okay, here we go. Okay, sorry about that, guys. We've had a number of technical difficulties this morning, so we're trying to get everything working here, but we are ready to go. Okay, so here we are. Yes, this is episode 122 of VR Roundtable. I am joined by Chris and Gary. Steve is unable to join us. He has a massive hangover from the Kentucky Derby party he was at yesterday. No, not quite, but that's a great story, isn't it? He actually does live in Kentucky, and he was at a Kentucky, uh, a Kentucky Derby party yesterday. So he may have a hangover. It might actually be true. But Chris, what is going on? I can see you have an Oculus Quest box in the back. <laughs> you are an entitled YouTuber. Defend yourself. Oh, man. No, I wish, man. I wish we all had got Oculus Quest. That would have been awesome. But, uh, no, you know, I'm doing good. It's It's been a good week. Finally got through finals, so that's always good. I'm a senior now. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Gary, what about you? What's going on over there? I know you're kind of sweating bullets because of uh, our production scenario that's going on this week. We miss Steve. We love it when Steve is here because he can take care of so many of these little issues. Gary, how's it going? It's okay. It stresses me out. This stresses me out. Every time I have to do this, it, it really does. But, uh, yeah, it's okay. You know, Steve deserves a week off. So, um, uh, you know, he's busy anyway. He, he, he wasn't able to make the show. But, um, yeah, it's going okay. You know what? It's always the last minute. Little things. I thought I'd got everything lined up. Everything was fine. And then all of a sudden, things started going wrong just before we were about to go live. And this NDI stuff, you know, I don't know why it's not working. I don't want to get into it now, but uh, yeah, everything's fine. And hopefully if there's any problems, you uh, let me know in chat and I'll try to sort them out. Okay. Yeah. And one thing I did want to say about our show today, um, one of the things that we like to do with VR Roundtable is we do not assume that our viewers are watching every other YouTube show on the planet and they're you know they're watching all the tested videos and everything. We don't assume that. There's some people that watch our show that they saw our show last Sunday and they haven't seen anything else since. You know, maybe they don't cover this stuff like crazy. So some of the stuff we're going to talk about today is going to seem kind of like old news, but VR Roundtable, we have not covered it. And so we want to think of those viewers and listeners like on the podcast feed as well, on the iTunes feed and wherever you get audio podcasts that uh, we, we want to cover the entire week. So some of this stuff might seem a little bit old, but, you know, we want to get Gary's thoughts on it. We want to get Chris's thoughts on it. So we're going to go ahead and run through the entire deal here. Okay, so we've got a lot of news because of everything that was going on this week. It was pretty crazy. We do have a little bit of some game discussion that we'll probably get into as well a little bit later on. But let's go ahead and start things off with the F8. <laughs> Basically, the all the drama that happened on, uh, was that Monday or Tuesday that it happened? Tuesday, I think, yeah. Tuesday, yeah, yeah. Okay, Tuesday, yeah. So all the drama happened on Tuesday. And, man, was it kind of crazy. It was crazy. Actually, what we can start off first is prior to F8, 
a lot of us were on the various subreddits, the Oculus Quest subreddit, the regular Oculus subreddit, and we were looking for Best Buy leaks and rumors and this manager of Best Buy and and this uh, district manager of Walmart. You know, we were trying to get information. Was it going to happen? A lot of us were hoping that we were going to be able to go to the stores maybe later that day and pick up ourselves an Oculus Quest or possibly a Rift S. Chris, I'm going to talk to you really quick. Um, prior to F8, I, I know you wanted to get your hands on an Oculus Quest. Now, luckily, Oculus sent you one. You got one in the background there. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I know you wanted to get your hands on an Oculus Quest. So on Tuesday, what was your strategy? Because because it could have came out then. Did you, did you have a strategy prepared? Yeah, so... What I, you know, I, I had the plan and then I had what actually happened. The plan was I was going to get up at like eight, like get ready, go to my local Best Buy, wait outside. Uh, but I ended up sleeping in. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, it's almost, it's almost 10. Best Buy's almost open. Let's see what the Reddits say. And then everyone's like, oh, there's nothing here. And I was like, oh, that's really sad. <laughs> so that, that's what ended up happening for me. I was just kind of on my phone and uh, realized nothing would come out on that day. But I, I, I should have expected it, you know, it, the rumors got the better of me in that case. Absolutely, but you know, we we were excited, we were hyped. Everybody thought it was F eight. Um, Gary, you're obviously over there in the UK. Was your strategy, uh, assuming that it did come out that Tuesday, you know, it was it was F eight. Everybody thought it was going to happen. Assuming that it happened right then, were you going to be ordering it online, or were you going to go to some uh, local retailer there in the UK where you might be able to buy it that actual day? Yeah, well, over here in the UK, we I didn't expect us to get it in retail anyway. Like when the Oculus Go launched, um, we could order it um, day one from uh, Oculus.com, but you really didn't get it in retail stores until a couple of weeks, three weeks maybe later. Um, so I didn't expect to do that. I expected to just order it online um, anyway. So I, you know, I, it sort of levels the playing field because I was expecting that day um, to go on and order it online, and then you guys were all going to go out and pick one up from your local retail store um, so I would be the only one that wouldn't have one on the next episode but um, the way it's worked out I think we should all pretty much get one uh, the quest on, on the same day hopefully uh, more or less so um, yeah I, I sort of like that I guess <laughs> yeah so you're the cause of this Gary you were <laughs> wishing and hoping that we wouldn't have it before you and so everybody around the world got screwed we all gotta wait till May 21st <laughs> But yeah, so we were all excited about it. Everybody was excited about it. and um, But the bubble got burst. And so then F8 started. And so let me just lay out the scenario. I'll tell you guys what happened for me is I wasn't, I was at work when it all went down. So I didn't have like a bunch of websites opened up. I was watching Virtual Reality Oasis. Mike was doing a stream before F8. You know, he was doing this stream and then it went into F8. And so the Valve info bomb dropped like 15 minutes before F8 started, but I wasn't aware of it. And so then it just F8 started and Zuckerberg, obviously he got up on stage and he talked about privacy, 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 and a little bit more privacy on the side. And that was for about 25, 28 minutes or so. And then he transitioned into VR, which I thought was kind of weird, but. You know, he did. 
And then, of course, he basically broke it down that pre-orders are going to begin for the Rift S and the Oculus Quest on May 21st. And so when you heard that come out of his mouth, you're like, oh, man, I really wanted to get this thing today. It's not going to happen. But, yeah, that's basically what we found out um, in regards to the Oculus Quest and the Rift S May 21st. Okay, but then, so I'm watching Virtual Reality Oasis, right? And he's like unboxing the quest and, and you know, talking about it. And everybody in his chat was just like, Valve Index, Valve Index, Valve Index. And poor Mike, man, I really felt for the guy because he had no idea that was going to happen. Nobody had any, I mean, I could have been doing a live stream and I would have been completely caught off guard. I would have had no clue. I thought it was May 1st. But the troll of the century, I mean, just a genius level troll by Valve to drop that bomb 15 minutes before F8. What a disruptor. It, it's just incredible. So then we got, of course, all of the Valve Index news came out on, um, on that Tuesday. And just a lot of information, you know, web, the web pages hit Steam. And we got a lot of breakdowns. And then, of course, the pre-orders, we understood that the pre-orders were going to start on May 1st. But let's get into some of the technical breakdowns of the Valve Index. So basically what we're talking here in terms of the statistics, the screens themselves, 1440 by 1600. We were wondering if maybe we'd get the 2160 by 2160. That didn't happen but we do have a higher resolution. It's up to Vive Pro levels. It's up to Oculus Quest levels. It's up to Samsung levels in terms of the resolution. We also got the RGB stripe uh, for that. And then um, the actual field of view of this thing. Now, Valve did not come out and say the field of view is 135 degrees. It is carved into stone. They did not say that. They basically said the field of view is 20 degrees larger than the first generation VR headsets, the HTC Vive and the Oculus Rift. And so the field of view, well, we could, we'll, we'll discuss that in just a second here. <clears throat> then we got the optics, you know, the dual element lenses and the, the special techniques that are going on with the optics, the larger eye box, et cetera. We got the mechanical IPD adjustment, which we found out is a range of 58 to 70 which is a little bit a little bit smaller than what you get a lot of times if you have a manual IPD adjustment and there are some reasons for that we found out about the audio we were all wondering what is the deal with these weird things you know these weird headphones they don't seem normal right and and the speculation before all of this information came out the speculation was basically that it might have some kind of technology that would stimulate your inner ear and it was going to cure motion sickness. These were some of the speculations that we heard, but that's not the case. These little headphones, not actually headphones. They're actually little baby speakers that are designed to float outside of your ear by a few inches and provide you with this incredibly immersive 3D sound field that just isn't quite possible if you're stuffing that sound right into your ears wearing headphones like this. By having those speakers a little bit away from you, they can simulate the idea of how sound comes into your ear more naturally instead of just being slammed into your ear like a normal headphone. So 
possible next-gen capabilities with these headphones. Very interesting to be sure. Um, we've got high-quality fabrics and padding, uh, reduced weight. I'm just looking at this uh, stat chart over here. Oh, we also found out about the frunk, the junk in the trunk, you know, the little USB expansion slot that is under that shield up there. So apparently, you know, so many theories were out there about what this thing is going to do. And um, what we found out is this is basically just an expansion slot for whatever anybody can possibly think up. In fact, Valve, in their advertising of this on the webpage, it said something like designed by makers for makers. They're basically saying, look, we don't know what crazy things you guys could possibly come up with. So we're going to have a slot here where you could snap something in, you could connect it to the headset, and who knows, there's lots of different things you could come up with. And I gotta say, Nostradamus Jr., they actually had a little, on the tested video, they showed a little video of like a, a dot matrix screen where it could flash messages. It was one of the things I kind of joked about. We're going to have a screen on the front that's going to show everybody what we're playing. And it's almost like uh, the truth is closer to fiction or, you know, whatever people say about that. Right. So we found out about that little USB expansion slot. That was cool. OK. And then we knew that the pre-orders were going to go live on May 1st. And so everybody was waiting about that, waiting for that. And then, of course, the price. Oh, my God. The price was a bit of a shocker. We've talked about the price before on a number of these episodes. We've all given our we've given our uh, estimation on what we thought the price was going to be. I was actually one of the higher guys. Like I I was uh, guesstimating seven hundred and ninety nine ninety nine eight hundred bucks. I thought it'd be you know the same as the Vive when it first came out. We are three years later, so that would still be crazy expensive considering we're three years later. But I would I even fell short nine hundred and ninety nine buckarinis if you want the full entire bundle. Uh, so quite crazy there. Now the good news. If you only needed the HMD, $500. That actually seems like a crazy bargain. And it's kind of cool how Valve broke all that down. And I think that really helped them out. Like, who the hell is going to order the headset only? Not very many people, right? But it makes it seem a lot cheaper than it is when you say, oh, well, if you only need the headset, it's only $500. It's not too bad. Of course, the controllers are going to set you back. 280 bucks for a pair of those. And then the base stations, we all thought um, because this is Valve internally, they don't have to mark these things up uh, through the stratosphere, but each base station is 150 bucks. Okay, so I'm going to send it over to Gary. Gary, where were you when this bomb got dropped? How did you, uh, how did you react to this whole entire thing? Because I imagine you were waiting for Zuckerberg on stage and then it was like, oh my God, Valve Index, crazy. Yeah, it was. It was really, really interesting because I was uh, watching the uh, MRTV stream with Sweeviver at the time. So I was watching it there and then people started, well, actually, I, I saw the post on Reddit because I was sort of going backwards and forwards on Reddit and their stream. And I was just, um, I saw that the page sort of went up. It went almost went live, but not quite live. Um, and then it's it was sort of taken down and everyone said it's gone and then it came back up about 10 minutes later this all happened about 15 minutes before um 
the 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 actual uh, F8 went went live. So it was just <laughs> like a really interesting thing to to watch. Um, it sort of take take out and um, so Sweeviver and MRTV were trying to go through this this. Um, this live stream that they were doing and we see all these comments in the chat saying valve index is here and you can uh, go onto their website the steam page is live then people were saying it's been taken down and people had archived it and everything was kicking off and they weren't sort of responding to anything in chat I'd, like like uh mike from virtual reality oasis i don't know if if they thought they were being trolled or something like that but once they realized it was true it, it was hilarious to watch because they they saw it and then all of a sudden f8 didn't matter it was like they, they were looking through tech specs and uh, going through this on the live stream it's really really cool um but yeah so when it was all announced it was interesting and uh, i loved it and then we saw all of these specifications and the price and all of this came out and um i, I think initially i was because i i sort of said a few weeks ago that it was probably i was thinking maybe 700 dollars uh, 700 pounds um and obviously it's ended up being a little bit more expensive than that which um people have sort of analyzed this and said various things you know you can compare it to the older vr headsets back in 2016 when you account for inflation um, and all of this kind of stuff from three years ago um it's really not that expensive but look £1,000 is expensive, no matter how you slice it, really. Um, and the, the thing is, I think the part of it which doesn't sit quite well with me, and look, I've pre-ordered, I've pre-ordered an index anyway, so I'm, I'm getting one. But you've got the headset, which is $500. Um, you know, that, that's actually pretty reasonable. When you look at that, it's pretty reasonable. And people have commented, I think they're, they're making this, this cost from the controllers and the base stations, which just feel a little bit too expensive for what they are at this stage. Um, but you pay it because, well, I've paid it because I, I want to get a hold of this headset and I want, I want this experience. Um, yeah, slightly more expensive than I was expecting, slightly more expensive than I, I would have liked, but I've, I've picked it up anyway. Um, we can go through some of these, these specs, but you know Chris I guess we can go over to Chris first on this anyway what what, would you, what was your initial reaction yeah so you know unlike you guys I didn't have Reddit or anything open I just had uh, F8 on the TV and I was watching F8 chilling listening to Mark Zuckerberg talk about privacy for a half hour um, and then after that I went on Reddit and I'm like oh wait what <laughs> index dropped while that happened or before that happened I didn't even know so I guess Valve got me with that <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess overall opinion of the Valve Index for me, I didn't pre-order one just because I don't really have the money to drop that much on all this. I'll be honest, just the HMD only isn't the worst deal ever. But for me, I'd want to get the HMD and the controllers, which would be $749. That's already getting up there to, to almost the full kit. Like at that point, it's only $150 more, um, which is only the cost of one base station. So you know, we'll have to see about it. I, I do want some more impressions to come out about it, but I'll be honest, it's very enticing and very cool. It just goes to show that Valve has a completely different idea of uh, like what to do with VR than Oculus does. So it's good that these companies both exist because Valve is like, all right, well, I don't care how much it costs, we're just going to make it and you know, someone is going to buy it, whereas Oculus is like, we need to get the masses to buy these headsets, let's make sure they're super low cost. Um, so, you know, I am, I am getting a Rift S, um, just cause 
then I don't have to upgrade my graphics card. I don't have to, you know, set up all these base station things again. Um, so for me, Rift S ended up making more sense. Uh, I guess just that extra cost of a graphics card isn't isn't good either. Because I, if I got an index, I'd be like, man, I want a 2080 Ti or at least a 1080 Ti to take full advantage of the the frame rate of it. So. Absolutely. You know what's funny is remember when we first found out about the Rift S and we found out it was three hundred and ninety nine. You know, it was four hundred bucks, right? And the Quest is four hundred bucks, and everybody was raising hell about how. Wait a minute, the Quest has a Snapdragon in it. You know, it has all this other stuff in it. The Rift S doesn't have all that, but they're the same price. You know, this should be two hundred and ninety nine or something. You know, people were complaining about the price of the Rift S. But now we get this $1,000 Valve Index. The Rift S doesn't look so expensive anymore, you know, in hindsight. Kind of funny about that. Um, Gary, when you found out, because prior to the, to the info dump that we got, it was Speculation City for like a month. And everybody was speculating about everything. We didn't know the resolution. We didn't know maybe what the secret sauce of this headset was going to be. And so... Obviously, you dealt with the shock of everything happening and F8 and all of that, but but then you start to chew into the specifications here. Um, does, like, just looking at, say, the resolution, for example, and the LCD, what do you think about, like, the resolution and LCD? Are, were you surprised? Uh, did, were you expecting 2160? Were you expecting OLED? You know, what were some of your thoughts there? Yeah, it could have gone on either way. I think we had this um, this sort of leak a few weeks ago where they were saying that it was um, DisplayPort 1.2, which would imply that it couldn't get up to the 2160 by 2160. At least that's my understanding anyway. Um, and so I wasn't necessarily thinking of that, but they've, they've obviously targeted frame rate, uh, the, the higher uh, hertz on these displays that they're using. And, you know, that's sort of... It, it makes sense that they've done that and kept the resolution relatively uh, low in terms of what what we possibly would expect from like a generation two headset or something like that. So this is pretty much the same, well it's the same resolution as a Vive Pro, but these displays can go up to the 120 hertz or even an experimental 144 hertz. Um, and that's interesting because you wouldn't really want to go, you see the displays for those kinds of um, refresh rates, you, you can't really get something like a, a 2160 by 2160 screen from, from any manufacturer as far as I know that can do uh, refresh rates of, of that capability. So they've obviously focused their efforts on refresh rates and they've experimented in that direction. And that is one thing, I think. I think it's it's something that I guess you'd have to experience because I don't know the actual uh, intricacies of how this would actually dif uh, differ um, or how it would feel, but we can go on from what Norm from Tested was saying. So he said that, you know, he was really enthusiastic about this aspect of uh, the Valve Index and he was saying it was like you're on, you've had a shot of caffeine or something like that. Everything is more present, you feel more immersed in the experience. But the thing I want to say about that, because I was watching uh, one of your VR365 shows last week, Anthony, and uh, you were talking about how like there was this game on PSVR. What was it called? It was Corvix? Cor Corix. Corix, yeah. So that ran at a native 120 hertz, which the PSVR is capable of. And that that's interesting because a lot of people that... that 
experienced that said it didn't look a lot, lot different really but I think there's a few factors that, that play into that so the first one is a lot of the games that are on PSVR they are interpolated to 120Hz they're actually running it at native 60Hz and that's why you get a lot of blurring whenever you move the move controllers or something like that you get blurring um, which is to be expected in it and it happens on all of the platforms really whenever they're, they're doing that kind of thing like ASW or something like that but the, the difference with this screen and the PSVR screen is the fact that this is also extremely low persistence. So the high refresh rate coupled with the low persistence will probably be the key factor that makes the difference and will probably be why somebody like Norm, because I, I, I trust Norm, you know, I think I think we all respect what the work that they do over at Tested and he knows his stuff in terms of VR. So I think um, that's probably the difference, the, the low persistence you won't get any smearing or anything like that and coupled with this high refresh rate is probably what makes uh, his comments a little bit make a little bit more sense looking at it from the outside absolutely but one of the things i'm curious about with this and chris i'll, I'll go to you with this question is this idea of this extreme low persistence and these really high refresh rates and what norm spoke to just a hyper awareness of being in vr like like the, what I imagine, I mean, I have no idea, but I, I'm imagining that you just, you, you do feel, you feel a, a greater presence, you know, because like sometimes you're in VR right now and it kind of feels a little bit flickery and, and, um, you know, it's a little bit fuzzy in terms of just like being in that world. And I got to imagine if you're in there at 144 Hertz with this lower persistence, you know, maybe some of that flickery fuzziness feeling kind of goes away and you, you feel like you're a little bit in there more, but isn't this something very, it's, it's a, this is the key feature I think of the valve index, but it's very hard to advertise this, right? So Chris, are they going to look towards basically just word of mouth and, and do they feel like they have enough fans where they're going to sell out because they did sell out or is it scalper city? Actually, we can get into the whole sellout thing in just a second here, but do you think the 144 Hertz and the low persistence, this is the secret sauce, but is it difficult to convey this to people? I think, yeah, I mean, definitely it's the secret sauce. It is hard to convey to most people, especially if you don't know anybody who has like a 120 hertz monitor. I think, you know, my, my roommate has a 120 hertz monitor, so I walk over there and you just look at the mouse, you're like, wow, that is like so much more accurate to where your mouse actually is. And like, you're just watching someone game on a high refresh rate monitor, you can notice the difference. So I can only imagine from that, like, wow, imagine this on my face, like my whole vision is running at this frame rate. Like that must be a big step up in terms of immersion. So I think, you can get to that conclusion, but for most people, they'll be like, man, this just means I need a, a higher graphics card. I have to spend more money, yada, yada, yada. Because I think, you know, uh, the problem is everyone's tried Rift S or people who have, have, have tried Rift S and they're like, you know, I don't notice the difference between 90 and like even people on Quest, I don't notice 72 hertz. You know, even people on Go, I don't notice 60 hertz sometimes. So it's going to be hard to convey, but I think this major leap uh, will definitely give some positive impressions that people weren't expecting it'll probably end up being more word of mouth than anything but i guess it's valve people people still trust valve so <laughs> absolutely um gary so let's just for a second here i'm curious 
all these, because you, you had a preconceived notion of what you thought this headset might be. There were probably certain things you were expecting about this headset. And then you get the actual reality of everything. And then, of course, after you get the actual reality of everything, there's a million different YouTube shows where everybody's commenting on every little tiny aspect of this and, you know, picking through every little thing. Is there... If, if there is a negative on this valve index, like if, if there's a disappointment for you, what is the biggest negative? It could be price. It could be, you know, all kinds of things. What what would be I mean, you're getting one anyway. You're excited for it. But what is your biggest concern with this headset? Um, the God rays, <laughs> uh, to put it simply, uh, the God rays. So, so this all comes out from a report that um, that Ben Lang put out on Road to VR, um, and again, I, I, I read a lot of what ben, Van, ben Lang writes, and I sort of trust him. I think I, I trust his opinion on certain things, um, and the he specifically said. Um, so let me just quote his article, his original article. He said, uh, while Valve's dual element optics might be focused on a wide field of view and large sweet spot, it seems to have come at the cost of an increase in internal reflections, God rays. Uh, moderately high contrast scenes cause significant glare which unfortunately detracts from the other benefits in clarity this statement this single you know paragraph that is in this article is the most disturbing thing for me and um i i've mentioned numerous times on the show that god rays are one of my main gripes in most you know most headsets and this comes from the fact that one of my favorite games is Elite Dangerous. So if your favorite game is Elite Dangerous, God Rays are a big problem. Um, but I don't necessarily see them in every game, like Arizona Sunshine or something like that. I don't really notice them too much in that. But um, when you are playing Elite Dangerous, they are a distraction. To me, they are a distraction. Like in CV1, even in the, the Vive, they were, they were a problem in there. And when I hear a comment like that from Ben Lang, it, it really makes me think twice about this headset. And that is literally I guess that's really the the only thing that I'm not too sure about and but then we had uh, people sort of commenting on that because I think it's a big deal for for quite a number of people as well but then on the reddit uh, pages we, we we saw that Norm had commented to somebody asked Norm about it and he was saying that he didn't notice any god rays um, and they played high contrast games like Beat Saber, for example, where you would probably notice God Rays. So, you know, you've got these these conflicting reports on the God Rays, and I think it just comes down to trying the headset for yourself and seeing how well you get on with it. It's it's a little bit of a problem because I if there's one thing I don't want on the next high uh, high end headset that I use, then it's God Rays. And if it, if the Valve Index suffers from them in a way where it just de- de- tracks from my enjoyment of various games that I, I want to enjoy then it you know I might end up selling it or something like that unfortunately well you know what Gary if you do decide to sell it you might <laughs> be able to make a crazy profit because oh my god this thing sold out in a matter of minutes and I must have been off the reservation because prior to like when the whole pre-order thing was going to happen and it was going to happen at like 10 a.m pacific time you know pre-orders are going to kick off i had to work that day and i didn't worry about it because well steve was on my show the night before we we talked about it and i thought 
with this crazy high price, $999.99, you know, there's going to be plenty available because it's way too expensive. Like half of the people that were interested in it aren't going to be interested in it anymore. Yet the thing sells out in 10 minutes. I'm not on wave one. I'm on wave two. Oh, by the way, if there's anyone from Valve that is watching this right now, hook a brother up. I would love to jump into the June 28th wave. Hit me up, info at brgamerankings.com. I would love to do that. Um, but the thing is, this thing sold out incredibly quick. Chris, were you surprised? Because th- this is a high price. But do you think maybe there are maybe a lot of scalpers that are in this situation here? Because there are so many countries that can't order this. Like Canada. Like if you're in Canada, I guess you cannot order this. If you're in a lot of different countries in Europe... You can't order this. I I think if you're in Japan, you can't order this. So this is actually very limited availability when you really think about it. I should have known this and I should have known because somebody could probably be on the first wave. They get one of these babies. They might be able to sell it for three grand on eBay. I know that sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, it could easily happen. Chris, what are your thoughts about the quick sellout and all this stuff? Yeah, I mean, that could totally happen. Like, as an example, I sold my dev kit too when everyone was, you know, waiting for CV1 and like it, it just wasn't coming out very quickly. And I, I basically sold it for the price of a new CV1, which is ridiculous because it, it used to cost half as much. Um, so, you know, this is definitely a, a scalper's paradise because, you know, like you said in your video, I mean, Right now, if you buy an index, it's going to ship by August 31st. So you're going to get at the very end of the summer, basically, which is, you know, that's ridiculous. I mean, I I don't think that this is from a bunch of people buying these. I feel like this is just the fact that this is a very specialized headset and Valve maybe doesn't have too many of them is, is what I would guess. Because I just, I don't see it. I don't see thousands of people buying a VR headset for a thousand dollars. Like I feel like that's such a small niche market that, you know, that's not going to happen, but I guess I could be wrong. And there's a lot more people wanting this than, than I thought. Um, I, I just, in my head, I'm like, man, they, they must only have like a couple thousand of these in the first batch. And like, you know, then they're just going to have to start making more. Um, that, that's all I can point it to really. But yeah, it's, it's going to be bad for, honestly a long time considering like if you buy one now you'll get it in august like the first three or four batches will just be probably all sold on ebay so yeah it's going to be pretty crazy gary when you think about this situation one of the unanswered questions that we had going into this info dump and this you know maybe this is one of the unanswered questions that i had i kind of felt like there still was a partner that valve might have had a partner i like going into this before we found out that they don't have a partner they're doing it all by themselves but i thought maybe they were going to be working with some company not htc of course but some other company that would help them manufacture this provide support all these kinds of things and so apparently um the people that are in that first wave they've ordered this they're going to get a box that's going to arrive to them i guess from bellevue washington and it's just going to be it you know it's going to come straight from valve and so my question for you gary is what do you think about like their manufacturing capacity um how many of these things have they already manufactured what is their their manufacturing capacity per month like and then what about like support and everything? Do we really trust? I mean, Valve is a great company, but if you ever try to get a hold from get a hold of somebody from Valve, not very easy. 
So what kind of support, like what if one of these things breaks and, you know, we need a new right controller, a new right knuckles controller, because now these controllers are left and right. So you can't just buy a rando controller. you got to buy two of them or something. Uh, what are your thoughts on all that? It's difficult. You know, I think time will tell. And I can't really comment on how good the support's going to be or... Um, with their manufacturing and that kind of stuff because I believe that they've manufactured the Steam Link and their, their own controllers, uh, the Steam controllers um, but this is obviously, this is way beyond that the amount of uh, R&D that's gone into this device is far above anything else that they've produced so far and it's an important question to bring up about support because this is sort of one of the main gripes that people have with HTC um, and you know, I think Pimax as well. Pimax suffers sometimes. We I see reports about uh, Pimax support, and I don't underestimate the fact that I think we probably will see uh, comments about Valve as well. Uh, people that receive this and are not getting the support response that they, that they expect from a company like that. Um, the interesting thing, though, is because these things sold out very quickly, you know, 25 minutes in the US, the, the, the stocks that were assigned to the US sold out in 20, 25 minutes or so. In the UK and Europe, it was a little bit longer, you know, I think it was went on for a few hours afterwards, um, and you could still get it on the uh, by the 28th of June uh, is what they were quoting then. But the stock levels, we don't know the stock levels on this. We've got no idea, and your guess is good as good as mine. I haven't got any kind of clue on what the amount of numbers that they could have produced of this um, and assigned to various regions. What? Uh, let me pass it back to you guys. What do you think? Is it like ten thousand, twenty thousand, something like this? I know people have tried to do estimates on Reddit. People did try to do estimates based on various things. I think they got to around twenty thousand units or something like that. But Anthony, what what did you think? I mean, just like as an estimate on stock levels. Yeah, it's it's really hard to say. I mean, this is this is a unique product. The the screens that they're getting here these low persistent LCD screens that are doing what they're doing that can go up to 144 Hertz and all of that. Th these are custom screens. No, no other headset is using these screens at this current time. Now that doesn't mean that, you know, another eight months from now, we're going to hear about another headset that is using these screens, but they're, and, and then the lenses, the, like the dual lenses, the spherical lenses, like the design of this thing is relatively unique. Um, valve, they have fa they have like their own factories now. Like Valve has been gearing up for this idea of of being able to manufacture their own products. But having said that, you think about a company like Sony or Microsoft with Xbox, and and when they start to get ready to start mass manufacturing PlayStation fives or or whatever Xbox it is, you always hear that they're able to pump out like twelve thousand a month or fifteen thousand a month. But these are established corporations that have years and years of manufacturing experience. They've been doing this for a long time, or they've partnered up with companies that have a tremendous amount of experience in this regard. And a lot of times when you get ready for a launch like this, you've been manufacturing this product for like six, seven months before you even start selling it. And so you have these warehouses of 70,000 units, you know, that are just sitting there, they're, they're ready to go. And we don't know that that's the situation here with Valve. Valve might be kind of flying off the seat of their pants a little bit. You know, maybe they've manufactured these things for 
a couple of months at best, they might not have 50,000 of these things sitting in a warehouse somewhere in Bellevue, Washington. And everybody's going to go look for random warehouses now in Bellevue, Washington, right, to find these things. But um, they might not have had enough, that, that kind of time to do that. And then also some of these companies, you know, they're manufacturing PlayStation 5s or whatever, and they could get 15K of them manufactured in a month. But but that's uh, I, I don't know that it's that easy for Valve. Maybe they're manufacturing like 6,000, 7,000 that, you know, we're just throwing numbers out there. These are complete guesses, really. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention real quick here is like, you know, we chew through all these statistics and everybody makes their they make determinations about all of this. Like some people have been complaining about LCD because they're like, oh, LCD Valve, why did you do LCD I wanted OLED because now the blacks are going to be kind of grayish. The colors are not going to pop like the colors normally pop on OLED. And, you know, so people have all these different nitpicks that they have about everything about this. But one of the things we got to remember, Denny Unger from Cloudhead Games and, and other people have mentioned this as well. So Denny Unger, you go back to that tweet that was out there. Uh, that got yanked really fast because the detectives on Reddit figured out that that was a Valve Index that was in that tweet, and they were hiding it with like little emojis and stuff, right? But Denny Unger, he's been playing around with this headset for months, and one of the things he said about it, Cloudhead Games, which they like have kind of a an insight, like they're really close to Valve, and they're working on this special software that's going to kind of show off the Knuckles controllers and what you can do with the Knuckles controllers. And one of the things that he said about this is, look, I've had this headset for months now, and I've A-B'd it with other headsets right there, and and this is just a different animal. Like, this is in a completely different category, and when people experience this, it's going to be a game changer. One of the worries I actually have with the Valve Index, and this is going to kind of sound crazy, but I'm almost worried that if I get a custom to this super low persistence, I get accustomed to 120 hertz or even 144 on some of the more simplistic games that I'm going to be ruined for all other headsets. You know, like I'm ruined now. I I can't play flat games because they don't do it for me anymore. I want to play VR games. You know, I've been ruined, right? And so is the Valve Index going to ruin me? Like is, is my Oculus Quest in the living room Am I going to kick that to the curb and not want to use it anymore because I get so used to uh, this just a better feeling that is going on in the Valve Index? Chris, what do you think about this idea that that when people get their hands on the Valve Index, it's going to be a watershed moment in VR? Like, like is this is this generation two? Is this the beginning of a new generation? Uh, it might it might be. I mean, it's definitely more Gen 2 than anything we've seen so far. And like, I think you're right. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like Steve with his Pimax. He's not going back to a Rift if he, unless he has to for like a very specific reason, it feels like. And I feel like a lot of people, for a lot of people, this will be even more so because, uh, you know, it does still have an increased field of view, not the same as Pimax levels, but it is a better field of view. And then also... Like you said, this screen is probably like a night and day difference, totally. And I, I can just imagine that feeling. Like, it, just look at like something moving in real life. Like, it's no, nothing's ever that smooth in VR. So just to see anything close to that in VR, I think, would be pretty nuts. 
wonder if this will hurt VR in any way because if someone tries an index, they'll be like, oh man, I don't really want to get a, a Rift S or anything. And now suddenly v the barrier to entry of VR is $1,000 again. I don't know. I doubt that'll happen, but it's you know just something to think about like that this is you know such a order of magnitude more expensive but it, it's also hopefully going to be that much more impressive so it'll be really interesting i want to try one i there's no way i can get this though just yeah, i wonder if we'll be oh go ahead go ahead no i was i was just going to comment on um because um there's a, a few things actually but the the first one is when you were talking about denny unger from cloudhead games um he actually made a comment on twitter and uh, steve sort of replied to him and this is quite interesting because this is going back to like the the frame rate and resolution issue that we mentioned a little bit earlier on in the show um so denny's original tweet was uh, comments on index resolution are interesting from a dev perspective i think we're we're all like wool slow down there bro, pro consumer hitting frame rate at 120 hertz in stereo at 1440 by 1600 is a great performance gymnastics routine optimization is a huge and complex part of vr development um, and then steve just responded to this just um basically trying to pin him down on where he sees like the, the difference in terms of resolution and um refresh rate so steve said do you think higher hertz at the same resolution beats higher resolution um and it sounds like uh, it sounds like it from your tweet but i don't want to assume and denny replied uh complimenting our show a little bit but then he he said uh, there's absolutely a perceptual shift that happens at higher hertz at 1440 uh combined with 130 field of view it's very hard to criticize something that's hard to grok without a being that in, in a direct experience and just taking those comments into account but also going back to what you were saying there anthony once you've tried this device, is it going to ruin some other headsets? And this is one of the concerns. I've pre-ordered a Rift S and a Valve Index. Um, now, I don't know whether I'm going to be keeping both of those headsets or not, but I do. some part of me does worry when I am going to play a Oculus exclusive on my Rift S and I'm used to playing a Valve Index with the wider field of view, the higher refresh rates and this kind of stuff. And just going back to what you were saying, Anthony, you know, is this going to ruin other headsets, ruin your experience in certain other things? It's sort of a, it's a weird concern, but it is a concern for me as well. Yeah, it's a good thing. I mean, if it happens, it's great for VR, right? Because, like, I think everybody else is going to have to respond to it. Um, and, and this is a higher price thing, so it doesn't ruin VR. Um, yeah, I mean, it's complicated. But, you know, we got a couple of super chats that have come in. Del Wolfensparger in chat. Um, he, he hit us up with a $10 super chat. He does have a question for that. He says, do you feel, <clears throat> excuse me, he says, what do you think are the chances that Valve could possibly license uh, the index technology to other manufacturers? Maybe have um, other people manufacturing it. If we think way back in the days, way back in the early to mid 90s, there was a company called 3DO that, that came up with this video game design. And, and then their idea was they came up with the design and they'd have all these other companies manufactured. It would help lower costs and, and those types of things. Chris, do you think this is something that could possibly happen or do you think Valve is going to hold this baby close to their chest and they are going to be the sole provider and, and they're all in on this hardware thing? Yeah, I think Valve is done with, you know, licensing to third parties or having other people manufacture their stuff because uh, we kind of know what happened with 
you know, HTC and how I feel like they just really want to control more of that that hardware software stack. Uh, obviously, they'll continue to license out uh, the the Steam VR 2.0 tracking, Lighthouse uh, tracking. But I feel like I didn't even expect this. I feel like even even the Index controllers are going to be proprietary. Like I was expecting to see an HTC Vive with these like day one I, a few months ago. If you'd asked me, I'd be like, okay, like. HTC is gonna, you know, release their next headset or even an update headset with these controllers, but I don't think that's gonna happen anymore. I think Valve is gonna be the sole manufacturer of these, which is pretty weird. It must suck to be HTC and you're still shipping these these wands when, you know, <laughs> Valve is shipping these next-gen controllers and you don't have them. So that'll, that'll be interesting. Absolutely. We also got one other question from Dale Wolfensparger. We got another super chat. And he was talking about how there was a podcast by Gray Newell, uh, Gabe's son, and he was kind of talking about how Index is, um, they're looking into BCI, Brain Computer Interfaces, and this is something that Valve is interested in, and kind of a Trojan horse for this brain uh, BCI is how do you how are you going to analyze everybody's brains you know around the world well give them a vr headset that is secretly logging all their thoughts and sending it back to the mothership uh seems like a great product for facebook right not just kidding there um but gary what do you think about this i I don't know if you've ever heard of like the gray newell podcast that that you know they were talking about and the brain computer interface and how that might relate to the valve index. I mean, looking at how this valve index is is shaping up, I don't feel like there's like sensors in it that are sending information back to the mothership. But do you have any thoughts about that at all, Gary? Um, only the because there was a lot of speculation. I know there was a lot of speculation before, like the full specs were announced uh, for the valve index and uh, about this thing um, with brain computer interface and it, it feels see when you look at this from the outside it feels like that is years away anyway but then you see all these comments on these reddit posts saying that it's not as far away as you might think and uh, you know to me it still feels a long way away and this obviously it turns out that there's nothing there at the moment but Del Wolfensparger commented about how the, the the funk could potentially be used for some kind of application in this possibly you know is that is that even a possibility we don't know um, but yeah I, I don't see any value in that at the moment but um, maybe it is closer than we all realize I just never even expected. So I never went along with all of that speculation before the headset was announced where people were thinking this could be a possibility for the valve index so I just never I never entertained that that idea to be honest okay we just got another super chat from a uh, person person and he's asking or he's kind of making a comment here he says wireless with the vive or tethered with the index this is a conundrum and you know that does bring up an interesting point because we can go back to that interview i believe it was in 2017 where uh gabe and a bunch of the other guys were there they were sitting at a table they were being asked a lot of questions about vr and they were commenting and it was in this interview where where uh gabe mentioned 
like really high refresh rates, like 200 hertz and all this stuff. And I remember when I heard that, I got excited because I was like, oh, they're onto some secret stuff going on over there with these super high refresh rates. That sounds really cool. And we got a little bit of taste of that with the Valve Index. So that's awesome. Not 200 hertz or 300, but, you know, a little bit of a taste of that, right? But one of the other things that uh, Gabe mentioned back in that interview, he said that in 2018, you're going to start to see VR headsets where wireless is a add-on feature. And then he said by 2019, you're going to see wireless integrated. Now, this came right out of Gabe's mouth. Praise Lord Gabe himself. You know, he said this live, right? Um, and so here we are. We're in 2019. And maybe we're, you know, maybe Gabe was a little bit ahead of schedule there, but we didn't get wireless with this baby. But you know what I was thinking about that front, you know, the thing on the front there. See, at first I was thinking, well, you know, could they put a wireless adapter that could snap in there? And I thought, no, that's not going to work because where's the battery pack going to go? And then I thought, well, they could put a, that could be a battery pack, but then where's the wireless transmitter going to go? And then I thought, what, and then like the next day I was thinking about it and I was like, wait a minute, you could have a, a wireless pack that would pop onto the front like that, right? And then this headset does require power. Like it, it has the three cables, you know, it has one cable for power. And so then maybe you could have like some kind of battery pack that you clip on your belt and you have a little wire going down to a battery pack. So maybe, maybe we could get wireless with this headset at some point in the future. Gary, what do you think? Um, but then of course, you know, 144 Hertz, you know, wireless, like how do we do all of that? Is there any, do you have a conundrum at all, Gary, with the, the possibility of getting used to wireless and then this is going to be wired? Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that is a obviously a concern if we're picking up the Quest and you want to use the Quest and then you've got to go back to a wire. And Steve, um, he's been using like a Rift uh, with wireless for a while um he's not got his rift anymore but he, he you know when he had it he was using that wirelessly um which is you know it's something that i would love and um i don't know about what you were saying there anthony about that the funk if if that can be used as a wireless adapter or something like that it, it would obviously have to connect to something on the top of the headset to maintain line of sight or something like that we don't know exactly what what they're doing with this um, but a lot of people are very disappointed with the lack of wireless on the valve index that's something I'm, i've noticed uh, with the comments that are coming out on on reddit and you know video comments and stuff like that over the past few uh, few days um, and it is a little bit disappointing but at the same time they've got to do what they can do and as you mentioned um, the fact is the they're running it at these higher refresh rates so there are issues with doing this kind of bandwidth for wireless as well but we don't know all of these little bits of technology that are going on behind the background and people will often speak with levels of authority like you can only have so much bandwidth over wireless at various frequencies and this kind of stuff and then you'll hear about another company which is changing that and and and, and working within a different way to achieve these uh, wireless bandwidths um i think it's unlikely that we'll ever get something like that for the index um in in the short term like in the next year or two but the fact that they are making this headset modular is encouraging they tried to make you know i remember going back to like the vive the initial launch of the vive they said it's a modular headset you can add things on and this kind of stuff um but it, we didn't see too much of that 
with the Vive and I'm hoping that there will be far more innovation with this uh, modular uh, design of the Valve Index that would be great and just seeing what what people can can do yeah like so there's the, this the thing is there's there's two options you can go down right you can either go down the oculus route where like okay I'm gonna get a quest I wonder if if quest is gonna be more immersive just because you know it's fully wireless I can walk around my entire entire room with no problems or if you know the index will be more immersive just because of this high refresh rate and this kind of stuff i feel like for my use case it'll be cooler to have a quest in like a big open courtyard or like a, a gym or something that'll feel more immersive and next gen to me than having an index that is wired to my computer in my little room so i guess we'll have to wait and see what everyone thinks about that it'll probably depend on who you are <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like man cave gaming versus everything else. Like, you know, when you're in your own private man cave with your high-end computer, you're going to get this kind of next-level experience, but you're going to be limited in certain ways. Um, you know, one thing that we haven't talked about at all in this entire discussion, and this could be kind of game-changing in some ways, is the cameras. You know, there's cameras on front here. There's pass-through cameras that are included in this. And I believe they're actually color where like on the Rift S and uh, the Quest, it's a black and white feed that you get in the headset when you're using pass through or pass through plus and you're setting up your boundaries. I know a lot of you, I mean, all of us have probably seen a lot of the Oculus Quest videos, um, virtual reality oasis, Cass and Cherry, different people that are trying the Oculus Quest out and they're showing you what the pass through mode looks like, which is really cool. And on this Valve Index, they do have the two cameras there. So hopefully they'll come up with some type of really cool stereoscopic pass-through window that we'll get with that in color, which would be a, a bonus as well. But what about AR, augmented reality, and bringing that into the VR experience as well? Because I think one of the things that we heard when we got this entire info dump is that Valve has done a handful of small little experiments with AR, you, you know, taking advantage of these pass-through cameras, and that when this thing releases, we might get a small little software suite, like a little bonus, almost like the lab, where Valve was like, oh, well, here's five little experiments we did with AR pass-through, uh, and, and, and trying to think about how that could help this experience out, you know, just kind of like spitballing basically and and now we're going to leave it up to the rest of the community to figure out some clever things to do gary what do you think about these cameras do you think maybe that's kind of another little uh secret sauce to this headset that maybe is kind of going unreported a little bit or we're not really focusing on that very much yeah i mean it, it sort of for me it doesn't interest me too much that that aspect of it but i understand that valve are leaving that that part of it open they're not saying too much about what these cameras could potentially be used for but they are saying you know they they want the community to experiment with them and it could be the 
you know, maybe somebody could mod it or something like that where it could possibly work with inside-out tracking um, or at least create some kind of experiences with, with uh, AR, some basic AR experiences. I remember when the Vive was first launched with that single camera on the front, people were thinking we're going to get all of these games coming out which are combining the, uh, our actual reality with VR games uh, in order to create some kind of VR, uh, AR um, gaming as well. But that never really happened and I don't know if it will happen with this. I think honestly if you're a developer you have to look at not only what you want to do but also where the uh, where the market is and of course you know if the valve index is going to be selling relatively few compared to the rift or all of these other headsets that are already out there you don't really want to spend your time making a game or a or a product for a headset which is going to be you know there's not going to be many people that can even use that AR capability um, so I don't know if we'll get too many of those kinds of things but it's interesting to see all the experimentation that will probably take place with with that okay another topic we haven't mentioned so far and so back when we first got the bomb dropped about, you know, the Valve Index, when we first heard about it, all we had was that one picture. And, you know, we were waiting one month to get this info dump. And a lot of speculation that went on over this entire time was like Half-Life, Half-Life VR, man, Left 4 Dead VR, Portal VR. What's it going to be? Uh, Archiac or what? what is that game they came out with that nobody plays? Uh, you know, that's going to be in VR. Who knows? We're going to get some VR games. Counter-Strike VR. What's going to happen here? And so there was all this excitement and a lot of people assumed and almost felt like it was a guarantee that one of these Valve games is going to launch with the Valve Index. And so, like, I kind of had it in my head. Oh, my God, not only are we going to get the Valve Index, one of the most incredible things in VR technology that we've seen thus far, but we're going to get an incredible unbelievable valve game that is going to pave the way and show everybody that vr is just going to take over everything it's going to be incredible because they're going to show us the path right and and we were so excited about this then we get this info dump and we find out ah there's not going to be a valve game on day one but supposedly we are going to get one valve game one of their major games a flagship flagpole title basically sometime this year um, Chris, what do you think about this? Are you a bit disappointed? Were Were you expecting to get a Valve game day and date with the the arrival of Index? Yeah, I mean, I definitely was disappointed, and I, I would imagine that they would want to release some sort of game to help sell their headset. I think this is kind of one of the biggest letdowns for me is that you know not many developers have the knuckles controllers, not or you know Valve Index controllers as they're called now, um, just you know, not many games are going to support this stuff. Not many games are going to support. It. So, whereas if I get a Rift S, the entire Rift catalog is already going to be supporting, like me being able to give a thumbs up or pointing. How many how many games are going to be able to do that for the Valve Index? Probably like five or something, which is kind of ridiculous if you're buying something that costs a thousand dollars and like you basically have lackluster support on most of the games for quite a while. So. Eventually, that'll be be fine. Um, but man, they, they need to get on releasing some games. I think that would be huge for VR. But I also think that these games will work perfectly fine with a Rift S because, you know, as 
Valve said they want their games to work with like all the Steam VR headsets. So I don't think it's going to be like Knuckles brings it to an entirely next level. Maybe it will a little bit, but it'll still work fine on Rift S probably, which is good. That's um that's a good point though to hit on as well because that there's um the fact that they're bringing out these Knuckles controllers and I know that people from from just speaking to people in chat before we started the show, um I know that people that just own a Vive uh, have also picked up these Knuckles controllers. What what do you guys think though? Like is there going to be games that will really take advantage of these controllers? Because even Boneworks, we've seen that they that game works perfectly fine with the Oculus Touch. They've they've come out and confirmed uh, you don't need knuckles controllers in order to, to take advantage of that game and I just I, I feel like you get to the point where if this hardware is not really necessary uh, to play certain games then you're not getting the best experience from this hardware um, but of course you know you can counter that with the fact that they've got to make these games that will work on as wide a field uh, as wide um, a market of VR headsets as possible but do you think that we'll get like um, Anthony just I'll go back to you like on this what what do you think of, of the Knuckles controllers do you think we'll really get games that come out whether it's from Valve or from other developers that will take advantage of all of these extra things that these controllers are supposed to have I think we will but I think it's just going to be very limited in the in the beginning and, and that kind of goes to the idea of are there going to be like index games not games that require index but but games that that really take advantage of index especially the controllers and, and there's going to be games like that but i guess the bigger question is is are any of is any of them going to be ready uh for june 28th or you know for these summer months when we first get the valve index are we going to get our valve indexes and and all we're really going to do is fire up beat saber and see what it's like at 144 hertz and that is going to be exciting and the one thing i will say about 144 hertz too I absolutely guarantee you this that in, on the Valve Index in the Valve Index community, um, there's going to be plenty of lists out there where people are going to have a certain video card, a certain uh, processor, and they're going to be like, "Okay, I'm going to try everything at 144 hertz, and we're going to find out which VR games." Because there's going to be a handful of VR games that will run butter smooth at 144 hertz. If you have like a 1080 Ti or better, and those games are going to be thrilling and exciting to experience them in this like new level of reality and everything feels better. But we also want some games that like really leverage these Knuckles controllers and take full and total advantage of them. Obviously, Valve's games are going to do that, but we're waiting. You know, it's Valve time. I was kind of disappointed, honestly, because we got this major info dump right on the day of F8, right? And then May 1st was pre-orders. And I, I think I talked about this with Sebastian like the day before the whole F8 thing happened. And I said, uh, or maybe it was I was talking with Steve. I forget who I was talking with at this point now. But I was like, wait a minute, are we going to get a trailer tomorrow that might show... So like a trailer from Valve that shows like some brief snippets of maybe some Valve games and and maybe it shows like some snippets from like a Cloudhead Games episode three. You know, they've done Call of the Starseed. They've done Heart of the Emberstone. These guys are about as close to Valve as you can get. Maybe episode three, whatever that's going to be called, is really an index launch game practically. Boneworks, could that come out? 
right around this launch. Zulubu Productions, the guy that made Vertigo Games, um, I mean, made Vert, not Vertigo Games, the guy that made the game Vertigo, um, he's really close to Valve, and he's had this stuff for a long time. In fact, like some people kind of determined what the resolution of the Valve Index was based on some stream that he was doing. So is there going to be Vertigo 2? that is going to leverage the Valve Index. Are any of these things going to be around at launch? It's a great question. Gary, sending it back to you, were you expecting some kind of trailer that would kind of give us a little bit of breakdown of all these Index games? Half expecting, yeah. I don't think um, I I really thought that it it was going to be definite or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I think because the the thing that's interesting to me, and somebody mentioned it in chat, is on the website for uh, the Valve Index, the featured game is No Man's Sky. And you know me, I'm a big No Man's Sky Uh person. Um, I wonder if there's going to be some kind of... because. People are speculating because we've got a release of the Beyond update for No Man's Sky, which will give us the VR portion of that game um, coming out in summer. And I do wonder, you know, could this be a simultaneous launch? It seems like a strange game to feature um, on the website because it's not built for VR or anything like that. It's been converted to VR. Um, And I'm probably, I mean, this is my number one anticipated VR game anyway so I can't wait to play that on the index but it just seems like a strange choice to feature when you've got so many other options I'm surprised they didn't do something like um, uh, Boneworks I mean that that would make it seem to make a little bit more sense uh, for the index to, to feature that but um, I'm pleased that they did do this uh, No Man's Sky stuff uh, either way Chris do you believe that there could be a game that a, a real game changer like like we've been waiting for vr's killer app you know and, and some people will say well beat saber that's the killer app and it probably is the closest we've got right now beat saber probably is right um but do you think there could be a game that could come this year that could leverage the valve index or maybe just the knuckles controller specifically that could be so so unique, so interesting, such a such a watershed moment that people will just be like, "Here's my money, goddamn!" And like even Oculus fanboys that are like so locked into the Oculus ecosystem, like they can't even deal with it anymore. They're throwing their money at it. Could there be a game like that? I mean, could could we get Half Life? I mean, I know it sounds crazy. Like so many people think about like Half Life Three if it was a VR exclusive that Valve's headquarters would be burned to the ground if this happened but i don't know it's it's just such a weird thing what do you think about that yeah i think whatever you know whatever valve does it's not going to just be something where where if you have a rift s you're gonna be like man i need a valve index right now whatever they make will work fine on all headsets like totally fine and and even though the index has some cool little features i don't really think there's that much gameplay wise you can do with having the extra two fingers that can be tracked basically is is what it comes down to uh they can be tracked a little more accurately obviously with the the analog motion of your fingers rock paper Uh, scissors you can do rock paper scissors don't forget that (laughs) that's the killer app rock paper scissors that's pretty cool uh but you know it's we're still in the point in vr where everything really still is about software i think the hardware is good enough on the original rift and even the vibe to some extent to, to play some cool things uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely really excited for a game like Stormlands coming to Rift S uh, just because, you know, I've I've 
physically seen that game and it, it looks incredible and I think there's just a lot more that can be done on the software side than than what we've seen so far. So if there is a killer app, it'll help all of VR, I think. It won't just help the index. Um, so, and I, I hope that'll happen. I hope we'll get a game like that. But, you know, we, we just, we don't know. Hopefully, uh, I think some of these Rift games are, are going to be pretty close to killer apps as well. We've got um, we've got Wormslayer in chat, so um, you know maybe he can give us some insight. He's uh, one of the developers of Half Life VR, so uh, who knows? That like the the Half Life Two um, mod that's uh, still being worked on. So you know Wormslayer, if you want to reveal all, go ahead. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I've always had a uh, I've always wondered about that game, and and I've I've always wondered because I you know they were working on that right. And and uh, I always had this thought in the back of my mind that Valve might have might also be working on something very similar, and there could be a problem, and that's why we've never seen that game. Or maybe they contact these guys and they say, "Hey, um, we like what you're doing here. Let's help you out with it. Let's make it even better. We'll give you some some Valve Index controllers. You know, let's let's really do this thing up. That would be awesome. I would love it if that all happened. But Gary." Look, we've been talking for I don't know how long about Valve Index, Valve Index, Valve Index. And this goes back to the masterful stroke of genius and how Valve dropped this bomb. Because God damn it. I mean, the Oculus Quest is a very exciting thing. The Rift S is exciting. All these games that are coming, like we're getting all these announcements. Heck, we've already got reviews. There's already reviews of Oculus Quest games, which I find a bit bizarre. So so early, like 21 days early, we're, we got reviews of Apex Construct. So Gary, my question for you is, like, what else are we missing? Like, what have we not talked about as far as, like, the Quest or the Rift S? Because we kind of gave that relatively short shrift, but it's this masterful stroke of genius by Valve. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was just so surprising. And it's Steve always says that he loves this kind of drama that, that, that happens with these companies. And I do, too. I, I agree with Steve. I think it's always good because it's so blatant. Valve was so blatant about that. It's not... And, and you know like Upload VR, Road to VR, they had access to this, tested, they had um, access to the Valve Index and they gave all, all of these impressions and the embargo was obviously up at 6 p.m. on that day, 6 p.m. UK time I'm talking about, on that day when it was F8. And, you know, they must have been like rolling the hands like like with glee <laughs> the amount the reaction that they were going to get with this these articles. Um, but yeah, it was a big, it was an impressive troll from Valve, and because it was so blatant, I, I sometimes wonder, you know, maybe even Oculus thought, wow, that's, I mean, that's funny, that's pretty funny. Maybe even they were thinking it's funny that they did it because it, it was so blatant. Um, but with the Rift S and the Quest, so I'm excited for the Quest, I really am, and I can't wait to get get hold of that device. Um, in fact, I, I tweeted out yesterday um, that or the day before about the the all these videos that people are doing of the quest um it almost feels like spoilers to me i don't want to watch them i'm not watching them um as much as i appreciate the people that are making these videos tyriel wood and you know virtual reality oasis nathy and all those guys they're doing some great videos to give people information on these devices but i'm not watching them because they feel like spoilers and i want to experience it um sort of just firsthand which sort of goes against how i felt with the vive before 
before I got the Vive, I couldn't get enough. I was watching Tribal Instincts every day when he was doing his uh, live streams and stuff. But this time, I, I just want to save it for myself. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the quest, and I think the the light has been shone far more on the Valve Index this week. But I don't want to take anything away from a fantastic device that I think the quest will be. Rift S less so for me i think it's just uh, uh, like not quite as uh, it's a little bit more underwhelming as a device i think it's a, a good they're moving in the right direction in many ways but it's it doesn't really excite me in the same way that the quest and the index does absolutely and you know what you speak to there about all the videos that are showing you like the menus and how to like do this and how it is it's true it's you're right uh, yesterday i was watching nathy's video on the quest <clears throat> and it's a great video and it shows you a lot of like all these different little features of it. But yeah, there, there's, I mean, I remember the good old days I bought like a super Nintendo, you know, and I get the super Nintendo home and you, you open up the box and you take everything out and everything's in plastic and you're looking at it and you're like, Oh, look at these controllers. And you're looking at super Mario world cartridge and all this stuff, you know, and there it's like Christmas morning, right? You know, a brand new console, um, you know, it's an exciting thing. And so if you get an Oculus Quest for the first time and you hook it all up and then you're in the menus for the very first time, like if you've never seen any of that stuff before, it's kind of exciting from that standpoint. Chris, so, well, we we didn't even discuss this. Did you get a pre-order in for your for an Oculus Quest? What it, Did you order it from Oculus? Did you order it from Amazon? Uh, what was your strategy? You know, it, like pre-orders hit, bam, you know, were you like trying to scramble to get your pre-order in? Yeah, I guess, you know, we can all talk about what hardware decisions we've made. Um, so, you know, I, I pre-ordered a Rift S from Amazon and a Quest at the time. Uh, and then... A few days later, I was like, man, you know, I'm going to want to unbox that quest at like 10.05 a.m. I'm not going to want to wait till like, you know, 3 p.m. for the UPS or whatever you know, truck to get here. So canceled my Amazon order, got an in-store pickup at my local Best Buy so I can get that day one. I don't care as much for, you know, doing that with Rift S. I'll be fine if that even takes a few weeks. Like, it's not an urgent thing at all. Uh, I think, you know, quest is a lot more exciting and I, I've been watching all these Quest videos and it's, it's hyping me up too much. And the only reason I think I watched them is because I've already tried the Quest uh, a few times when I was at, you know, PAX East. So I was like, you know, I already kind of got fixed before all these videos came out. So now I'm just learning a little bit more about uh, all this information and stuff. Um, so for me, it's I, I want more videos. Too bad they didn't send all of us requests so we could all make videos. I feel like we'd make some pretty cool videos on the on the channel. Uh, but yeah, for so those that's the decision I've made. I really am going to be sad about the index because it seems very cool. I hope someone uh, with more money than me will buy it so I can try it out. Uh, it looks fantastic, but I am definitely super excited for Quest. Like probably too much. So it, it looks it looks too good. Yeah, it's it's looking really good. And and the videos like even like the casting and stuff, like I was really worried about the casting and I've seen some new videos with the casting like Cass and Cherry and she showed off the casting in her video and it looks like it's working pretty good. And and there was even sound and everything. Gary, how is your wallet doing? What what are all the things that you've ordered and how did you order them? 
Yeah, yeah, it's not doing good to be honest. Um, so, so what it is, I so I pre-ordered the Quest because I knew that was going to happen anyway, and then I got the Valve Index uh, pre-order as well. I got that in uh, after a little bit of hassle with my credit card company and stuff like that because. Actually, I think it was Steam. I don't know if anybody in chat had this as well. Originally, when I when I pre-ordered it, um, Steam said they are protecting my account by not allowing this uh, purchase to go through, and that happened a few times. And then eventually, it said it's your credit card company has been flagged for fraud. So I called up them, and then everything went through in the end anyway. Um, but yeah, so I got those two, and then just yesterday I also pre-ordered the Rift S. Now the only reason I'm able to do that is because I don't, you know, I I'm not on a huge salary, I'm not a rich person or anything like that. But I've sold my Vive, I put all of that money to one side. I sold my Oculus Go as well because to me having an Oculus Go and a Quest seems a little bit redundant. Um, so that's the only reason I did I did it. So I sold both of those two devices. Um, Put all my money to one side and then over the past few months i've just been sort of saving up a little bit of money um and also i don't know i'm going to sell my obviously my uh original rift as well once i get the rift s so that's going to top it up and um, i have obviously had to put some more money extra to that um in order to supplement it but it's been it's been tough so i've got i've got the the quest the rift s and the index i don't know if i'll keep them all or what's going to happen but uh yeah I've, i think i'm a little bit crazy so Gary, on Monday you're buying an HP Reverb, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Are you in the first wave, like June twenty eighth? Yes, I am. Um, so uh, it was lucky about dog. yeah. It got through well over here in the UK and Europe. It was. It took a lot longer to get to the point where you didn't weren't in the first wave. So I was about twenty minutes. It took me about twenty minutes in the end uh, to order it, um, and I was still at the June twenty eighth. But by the twenty fifth minute, it had already gone back to August thirty first for all you guys in the US, um, and it still remained June twenty eighth for you know at least an hour beyond that when i ordered it so um i'm hoping i don't know whether i'll get it on that date or not the vive the pre-order for the vive has sort of made me think i probably won't get it until a couple of weeks after that date um just because <laughs> i don't really pre-order anything i don't pre-order any new hardware or anything like that uh, i've only done it with the vive and then i've done it with the index and you know it sort of made me think i probably won't get it on that date but we'll see what happens you know, it's funny in chat, Soren B says, first wave gang, woot woot, and, and Staffan Anderson, first wave too, yay. Every And Dale Wolfensparger, first wave here. You know, on the Valve Index subreddit, what they should do is like people that are first waves, like they should all have like purple names or something, you know, so like everybody knows, oh, I'm a first waver, I'm a first waver. I am a second waiver, and so I'm really hoping that some Valve employee can sneak me into that first wave. God damn it, it sucks. But, you know, it was funny. I was watching um, Sweeviver was doing a stream leading up to, like, the actual pre-orders beginning for Valve Index. And when the pre-orders hit, he was having a terrible time trying to get his pre-order in, and he was sweating bullets live on air. And I, I mean, and I watched it after the fact, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, I know exactly what this must feel like, because when you're doing a stream like I did this one stream where I had te technical difficulties for like 45 minutes before I finally got um, Sebastian from MRTV on the show. 
And Gary, you know exactly what this feels like. It's like when you're getting ready to do the show today and you're having technical difficulties, all of a sudden the room is like 30 degrees hotter. You start sweating <laughs> like crazy. Oh, it's freaking <laughs> yeah. a crazy thing. Um, okay, well, you know, we got to talk about some games here because we're running out of show. Um, is there any last... Uh, I'll send it over to Chris. Any last thing you want to say about Valve Index, Oculus Quest, Rift or any of these other things before we go to games? Uh, well, it's a super awesome time to be in VR right now, and this is probably the most exciting week there has been in the past couple years, even maybe just since the original Vive and, and Rift and Touch came out, so... Uh, it's just, it's an exciting time. And I think, you know, we're going to have a lot to talk about in the coming weeks once all these, all these things come out. So looking forward to all of this stuff. Absolutely. It is Christmas in May and Christmas in June. Uh, Gary, what about you? Any, any last comments you want to make about any of these before we move to games? Uh, no, not really. There's so many thoughts going around my head about all this stuff. I thought we'd, we'd, um, you know, I could easily sort of continue talking about this for another hour or so but um i think it's better if we sort of leave it there and then we can come back to it maybe in a couple of weeks or so and just see what everybody thinks i think there's going to be more information that will come out of this leaks out and stuff like that so we'll see what happens with that but uh, yeah it's probably a good place to stop yeah and trevor jones just hit up hit us up with a two dollar super chat he says valve won't ship to canada i was so disappointed trevor you should have saved that two dollars it could have gone to the three grand you're gonna have to spend on ebay on june 28th when it actually comes out now nah, actually you probably just actually just take a trip down here you know go across the border and pick up your valve index some people i found out some people in japan and stuff there's like some kind of service that you can use where you can buy a product and you have it shipped to the u it's like you use a u.s address and then you ship it to wherever i forget what it's called though but there's a service maybe do some google searches on it uh that might be a way to do it um okay so let's go ahead and move on to games and I'm looking at the list of games here, and I was thinking, Gary, since all three of us has, have played this game called, well, it's not really a game. It's almost more of an experience. It's it's Fugle. Fugle, I guess, is the name of it. The developer is Team Fugle. And um, this is a game. It's already available right now on Steam. You can buy this right now on Steam, but don't buy it right now on Steam because if you want the VR version of this, it is actually going to be coming to the Oculus Store first. Um, I talked to the dev there at Team Fugel, and um, their initial VR support is going to be on Oculus Store. The Steam version will eventually get VR support. And this is a, an interesting experience. It's, it's, it's voxels. It's like this different way to look at things. Gary, why don't I kick it over to you? Tell us kind of what you experienced when you tried this thing out. Yeah, so I tried this a couple of weeks ago, um, and it's it's very much an experience kind of thing. So, so what it is, you start off as this bird, and then you can fly around, and then you can change into different birds as you uh, sort of come into contact with them. But because it's based on this this voxel kind of aesthetic. Um, it's very interesting to play these kinds of games in VR. It's very similar, you know. It's 
similar in some ways to Minecraft, but in terms of its aesthetic. But it does some very clever things, and it just feels good to play the game uh, more than anything, I would say. Um, so you can transform into all these different animals, and they each uh, have different ways that you can maneuver through this world. Um, and there's not a lot to it beyond that, but it does feel good, and it's a it's a great ex you know something like this on the quest that you can just put somebody in is like demo material this is absolutely perfect for that kind of thing i think um it just feels good and I, yeah i thought it was it was a good little experience i don't know too much if there's a game behind it or whether they're trying to make some kind of game behind it um because i would love that too um but just as an experience a self-enclosed experience which um just gives you good vibes it's that kind of thing really yeah, Chris, I'm I'm sure you checked this out, and it probably was one of the more weird things you've ever tried. But but voxels, man, is this the future? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've I've always loved Minecraft, played Minecraft for a long time, and uh, also always loved Eagle Flight, which is a really good uh, VR game by by Ubisoft. Um, so this kind of mixes those two, where it has some really nice flight mechanics. It's really fun to fly around with. Um, also, the worlds are just really, really, really pretty. Um, and I know our version still has some of the bugs. So I played this at PAX East. I actually, you know, met with the developer. It was just one guy. And then, um, you know, like I think it was his brother or cousin was also helping him man his little booth at PAX East. So that's when I first tried it out. But then I played it for like a half hour on the on the Rift like earlier this week. Um, it's just really cool how, how they do the procedurally generated worlds here. They all look really fantastic. And yeah, basically you fly near an animal and, and then you kind of become that animal. But as a bird, it's it's pretty, pretty interesting. I think it would be super duper fun if they just added some sort of like, you know, rings you go through so you can kind of have some time trials like that would be fantastic. But as an experiential game, it is probably one of the the better, more relaxing ones. So, you know, I, I, I definitely like it a lot. Um, I, I recommend it once it does get released. Still has the bug that it had at PAX East, where if you if you flip the worlds, uh, like the colliders of when you hit stuff is still screwed up. So hopefully that gets fixed. I'm sure it will before release. But overall, you know, very very just just fun and nice. If it's a reasonable price, uh, then it'll be awesome. It's only ten bucks on Steam, so I think that's you know perfect. Yeah, um, yeah. You know what I liked about this is like because it's voxels. Like you'll get into a lot of these worlds and. You, you could be a bird that's flying through worlds and, and you know, you're flying through these mountains and you see like river streams and everything. But then you look in the background and, and a mountain is like forming, you know, and, and then you're going to, you know, things are popping up. And with this experience, nothing was popping up anywhere. Everything was there. And I felt like just like the sounds of the jungle and it was just so incredibly colorful. Yeah, this is not for graphics whores because it's unless you have an appreciation for like pixelization and kind of like this old school vibe. But like I was flying through this little jungle world and I was hearing all kinds of little sounds everywhere. And it was just kind of a chill out kind of a thing, just like, you know, just kind of chill out and stuff. But at the end of the day, I would kind of like it to be a bit of a game. And and Chris, you talked about having rings that you fly through almost pilot wing style. And, you know, you fly through them, you get a certain amount of points or or maybe kind of make it a collect-a-thon where you got to search around the entire area and you're you're grabbing little gems and you're collecting them. I mean, I don't know what they could do to kind of gamify it. And then I also thought of 
of like, cause I was mostly in a jungle world when I was doing it like this lush jungle world. And you would see like little lakes and little rivers down there and you're like flying through caves and stuff, but maybe they could also have like where you're like, you're in a winter wonderland or kind of like a lava world and stuff it like does, that. It, like some, yeah, it does have those. So you can like oh, random, randomize the levels. Um, so you get different environments that you can fly around. I didn't realize this either. And I was just going through uh, the menu system and, it, and you can fly around like sort of like a lava kind of world or something like that. Just basically a, a palette swap, but with different plants and stuff like that. Um, it was an interesting thing to do. Um, the first one I was in was the jungle one. And that was just, I, I felt like that was the best one that I tried anyway. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the other worlds. I got to try that out. Okay, uh, Gary, why don't you go ahead and pick the next game we want to get into real quick here? Okay, uh, well, I guess we can talk about uh, Table of Tales. Um, so, this is a PSVR game, um, and it's. Uh, I've not got too much to say about this, I'll be honest, but I wanted to bring it up um, because it's it's a relatively big big release for PSVR, and this is uh, so it's by Tin Man Games, and I think it's around twenty dollars. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but uh, that's what I could see when I did a quick search on it. I'm not really hugely into tabletop games or board games or something like that, but Anthony, you recommended this uh, that, that I try this. So I did go into this yesterday and my son uh, tried it too. So we were playing through a little bit together um, and it's very much, you know, it's a tabletop game within VR and the advantage of that is that you're not just playing a tabletop game in VR you've got all the advantages of these uh, environments and things like that that are going on around you um, it sort of makes you feel like uh, you don't need to use your imagination I guess part of the, the thing is like um, using your imagination when you play a tabletop game or a board game or something like that you're imagining yourself within this world but you're playing a very rudimentary kind of uh, abstraction of that world that you're playing in with this when they do it with a tabletop game and a board game in this game it's it's sort of like you don't need to use your imagination as much they're presenting you with um a much more accurate way of playing while while maintaining a very sort of strict tabletop mechanic gaming mechanic around it um i think that works really well i enjoy it a lot more than i expected to um but my i, I spent about only about 20 minutes in there my son played it for about another 45 minutes beyond that he really got into it he really started to enjoy it um but yeah i've not got a lot to say because i'm not really into these tabletop kind of games unfortunately but i thought it was well done from my limited experience yeah so i tried it out as well and i gotta say see i'm when i see these games and i see a trailer for a game like this i look at it and i like i look at it and i think you know what yeah, this is a game that's going to appeal to a very particular type of person, but I don't have the time to learn these things. Like, to me, I look at it and it just seems complicated. Like, you're going to have to learn all these different rules and regulations and, you know, and and I just don't have the hours to invest in it. So I didn't, like, try to get a key for this game or try to contact Tin Man Games or anything because I just thought, ah, oh, this is going to be too... It's going to take too long to learn. I'm going to go ahead and pass on this one. Well, then I found out that we ended up getting a key via Roundtable did. And I thought, well, we got a key anyway. I might as well give this a chance. Let me go ahead and try it out. And I'm glad I did because, you know what, these kinds of games, 
See, the thing is, when you want to set up a tabletop game with like your friends and family, it's wonderful if you can do it. You can get everybody together and you could you could have a, a wonderful experience and, and everybody's there and, and you see everybody face to face. It's awesome. But part of the problem with it is you got to set everything up. You got all the rules. You got to explain the rules to everybody. And then when it's done, you got to take everything down and put everything away. And and then also you got to have the people that can come over and do it. And everybody's like, yeah, I want to I want to get together. Yeah, someday we'll do it. And then you never end up ever getting together and playing it hardly at all. And so I like the idea of tabletop games in VR because it's like this diorama. What they did here with Table of Tales, they have a table that's out in front of you and there's like water that's that's undulating and, and you know, the waves are rippling and it looks really cool. And then boats are coming along. And so it's kind of like this moving platform. And even little cities and little villages, they kind of move along on this table. And it's all like these tiles. And the tiles like fall off at the end. And it does all this little magical stuff. There's all these little characters. And you have basically like three or four characters that are in your party. And you have cards. And see, the cards kind of scared me away as well. Because it's like, I don't want to play a card game. Like, I don't want to do that. But the cards actually work really easy because what you do is you grab one of your characters and then like four cards, four or five cards will pop up. And one of them might be to heal your character. One of them might be a ranged attack. One of them might be a melee attack. You know, you got a couple of different options, right? And all you do is you grab whatever card it is. And let's say your character just was in a battle and he got damaged quite a bit. And maybe his health is really low. So you might just grab the the rest card, which gives health to your character. You put it on top of your character. You, you're using move controllers. And at first I had problems with my tracking. It was like completely terrible. But I had my camera really high for like a standing thing. And so I moved it. I moved my camera down low for more sitting. And then the tracking was perfect. It worked great. So you really got to adjust your camera sometimes. But I'm taking these cards. I'm putting it on my character. You know, I'm doing a ranged attack or whatever. And it all works great. And you don't have to remember the rules. Like, I didn't know how many spaces my characters could move. But I tried to move it nine spaces. And then the guy, zoop, you know, goes back into his spot. And then I moved him five spaces. And it was like, oh, okay, that worked. See, the computer... Uh, your PlayStation 4, it's going to determine what the rules are. And it's going to keep track of all of that. And that's why I think like board games, this type of stuff, especially like there's multiplayer too, but I didn't even get into that yet. But it's going to kind of be a game changer. And like some people will look at this stuff and they'll be like, well, this is better for AR. And yeah, that might be true, but we don't have the AR stuff yet. And it's going to be like five years before we have good, affordable AR probably. So for now, I think in VR, yeah, I think this stuff could be fun. It's interesting. And I there isn't another game that's exactly like this, in my opinion. I mean, I've played Tabletop Gods, Final Assault, Brass Tactics. But this is a turn-based game. This isn't real-time strategy. This is turn-based. You're taking your turns, and there's like a story that goes along with this whole thing. I thought it was really good. And the price is 20 bucks. It's $19.99, at least here in the USA. I thought it was a pretty good thing. Chris, you didn't get a chance to play this one, did you? Okay. Um, Gary, I know that you and Chris played Gadgeteer. I played this for about three minutes. 
Uh, I, I had a major headache and I, I tried to play it with a headache and then I was like, I can't play it with a headache. I'm going to quit. But you guys did play this. Maybe, uh, Gary, why don't you talk about Gadgeteer for a minute? Gary, Gary, wait, wait. I'm sorry, you're muted. I think you're muted or somebody's muted. That was me. Sorry. Okay, yeah. There we go. I knew I was trying to do the perfect stream and various things have gone wrong, so I'm doing my best, David. Uh, okay. Um, so, yeah, Gadgeteer. Um so Rube Goldberg, I don't know who he is, but I, I, I've heard the name before and he was famous for doing a, a few things. But one of the things is these kinds of puzzles where or or these um, things where he made like domino rallies and then like marble runs and things like that. Um, and that's what this puzzle game is based around. Now you can do it like as a sandbox where you can just create these uh, extravagant kinds of uh, domino runs and marble alleys and make them do various things and that that in itself is enjoyable um but the the puzzle aspect of it i think is is really well done as well and the so one of one of the main things that stood out to me is just how good the game looks <laughs> and you look at this trailer and it is, doesn't look like anything special but when you're in there i feel like the environment for some reason whatever it is it just feels like it's really solid it, you, you really do feel like you're in these rooms and you're just standing in the in these various rooms with like a view outside to the street outside and then you're tasked with com, com, uh, completing this domino alley um getting from an initial start point over to an end point and how you do that is really up to you you can you've got various tools you can clone objects clone dominoes in order to make a, a, a domino run or you can add various other things on like a with the marble part you could you've got all of these various things these various aspects of a marble run that you can add on in order to get from this start point to this end point. And I think it's the freedom that it offers you in terms of doing this. You can do whatever route you want to do. And I think that's the part that attracts me the most. There's not one concise answer to any of these puzzles. You're free to do them in a variety of ways, which is almost like a little bit, maybe it's a little bit unique, um, from a lot of puzzle games that we get to experience, especially in VR, where there's one right way of doing it and wrong, and a wrong way of doing it. This um, just feels like you've got a little bit more freedom and uh, yeah, I like that. I just like that uh, sandbox nature of this. But there is a structure to it. If you want that structure, you can play through these puzzles or you can just open it up and uh, do it in a sandbox way. Um, really good. The tutorial as well, the introduction to this game is very well done as well. It guides you through guides you through all the little tools that you've got um, in order to make these uh, domino runs and stuff like that. It's, it's just a very high quality polished game. It feels really, really polished and um, yeah, really enjoyed it. I, I recommend it. How much is this game? I didn't. Okay, so it's eleven pounds thirty nine over here in the UK. It's an early access game at the moment, but you know it's very polished. Yeah, Chris, um, you tried it. Yeah, I tried it. I've I've played quite a bit of this game because, like you said, Gary, it's just really neat to have a, a puzzle game, a fun little puzzle game like this. So yeah, fifteen dollars uh, in the US. Um, I think that's like a reasonable price for how much there is. You know, there's a bunch of different levels here. And uh, at least in the in the career mode, you kind of have like a limited amount of each thing, at least early on in the game. So you can only use certain things and you get access to like the marbles and all this other cool stuff. And it's just really neat to have like a physics based game that is, you know, repeatable. It's not like something like Gorn where it's physics based and it's, you know, there's no puzzle aspect to it. This is really just like a physics based 
puzzle, which is awesome. Um, I mean, Gary, you described it very well. I think the only thing that I wish it had is native touch support. Hopefully they'll be adding that with an update. Because right now the controls are a little finicky for for me. Like to go back, you have to put the thumbstick to the left and then click it in on, on Rift at least. It's definitely designed for the Vive ones currently, but uh, you know it's still totally playable um, with touch controllers if, if just a little bit finicky. But I could see myself spending a lot of time in this game just making some wacky Rube Goldberg machine and uh, seeing how that goes. So you know, I do recommend this game. If anyone likes that kind of thing in real life or likes watching those kind of machines, like you know, I think this is a must-buy for them. Yeah, you know, I played it for like five minutes, um, but I, I was I was having like a uh, like a, a allergy headache, basically, like a splitting headache from like bad allergies, and I had to get I I had to just quit out of it, and I'll try it again some other time. But one thing I did notice about it is um, the way you move around in the world is kind of like Gorn uh, un- until you go into the options and you change it, you know, in Gorn. Um, but like you grab the world and like pull yourself, you know, forward. Did you guys or either one of you, did you, cause there is an options that pops up that, that I got to pop up, but I didn't get into an option where I could change something like that. And then I got like stuck in the option screens. I'm just wondering if like, is that the way you have to move around this world the whole time? Is there any way to change it? That's how I did it. I don't know if that's how you did it, Gary. I mean, it reminded me of Brass Tactics in a way, so I, I was yeah. kind of used to that, you know. Yeah, I, I, I didn't change it. I, I was happy with it. You don't need to move around too much, uh, at least during the early levels or anything like that. You can move move your way around the room pretty easily. Once you're in a spot, then you can set up wherever you are. So it's not like you're moving around the room all the time or anything like that. Um, it's more that you get to where you need to be, You know, spend a few minutes there setting everything up, and then you move on. So I didn't have a big problem with it, but there might be an option to change that. I don't know. Or if not, maybe he'll probably add it soon because people will probably yap at him about it. Uh, the other thing I noticed too is there's like a motion, uh, you know, uh, motion sickness vignetting that is like automatically turned on when you move too. I wish I could turn that off as well. And then one last complaint. I'm all complaints right now, but um, I didn't get a chance to get into it. But there's a song that is constantly playing during the very beginning, and I'm just prayed, praying to God that there's different songs that it goes to yeah i don't i I think um i didn't notice i didn't notice it when i was doing the tutorial i did notice that actually but then i I didn't notice it afterwards so maybe it changed i just you know it was like a subconscious thing but i'm sure you can just turn the music off if you want to anyway okay it does i i will say the rendering engine like the actual game engine that you're in and what chris and and you both spoke to like being in these different rooms does look like it has a really good game engine, solid game engine. All right. Well, is there any other games you want to try to cover real quick before we bounce out of here? Um, no, not. I mean, we can uh, leave it there. I think um, we've still got, as always, we've got plenty of games to uh, talk about, but um, we can probably leave them, leave it there if everyone's ready to get out of it. Alrighty. Well, yeah. Okay. That's pretty good for a show for today. We'll definitely get into it maybe next week. But yeah, you know, a lot of exciting stuff is going on in the VR gaming industry right now. It really is an exciting time. And we got the Rift S, we've got the Quest, we got Valve Index coming soon. One thing we didn't actually mention on, on this show is 
on May 21st, when when the the quest comes out, like Dead and Buried 2, like it might be available on the Rift that same day. Dance Central might be available on May 21st. So and and there could be other games we like Stormland could drop and we just don't know it yet. So there could be some exciting stuff that's coming just in this month itself. Lots of cool things. So it, it's really a cool time in VR gaming. But one thing I do want to tell everybody is go ahead and hit that like button if you can um, on your way out. Uh, maybe leave a comment after the show is over. We we love the comments as well. And we'll try to respond to your comments when we get an opportunity. And if you are an iTunes uh, you know, if you're an audio-only listener to this podcast, we really appreciate any kind of review that you can possibly make because that really helps uh, for other people to notice the podcast and get an opportunity to hear the podcast as well. But that's going to go can ahead. Can I just uh, very quickly, um, because yeah. my wife would kill me if I didn't, but uh, look at this T-shirt that she got me for my birthday. It was my birthday on Friday, so it's Eat, Sleep, VR. Look at that. And this is one of two VR-based T-shirts that my wife bought me on Friday. So uh, I think she's trying to tell me something. Uh-huh. That's fantastic. Oh, I love that's that. sweet. <laughs> yeah. But that's it. Anyway, that's, we can move on. <laughs> that's nice. All right. And yeah, I'll, I will say that I, I am going to be doing a stream in a, a, at about a, about a half an hour from now with a guy named Bobby Blackwolf. He's actually a podcaster, not like a VR podcaster, but I've been listening to podcasts since 2005. Okay. I was really early on the podcast thing. And way back in 2005, there was maybe like 30 video game podcasts in all of existence. And I'm, I'm not even kidding. This was like back in the days of Major Nelson and stuff. And there was a show called The Bobby Blackwolf Show. And I used to listen to that show. I always liked his show. And then as I've listened over all the years, he would mention VR here and mention VR there. Wouldn't talk about it a ton because his audience was kind of more they didn't really want to hear about VR to be honest with you, but he's always been kind of a VR enthusiast. And so I'm going to be interviewing him on VR three, six, five, uh, very soon. So if you might want to check that out, you can bounce over to VR three, six, five and check that out. But yeah, that's going to go ahead and do it for episode 122 of VR Roundtable. Thank you so much, everybody for tuning in. Thank you to everybody in chat. Thanks to all of our super chatters. Really appreciate all your money definitely goes to a good cause. It goes to game developers. Yeah, we use all that money to get keys that we don't get otherwise. So it definitely goes to a good cause. And we'll see everybody next week. So everybody have a wonderful week. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. Bye.